Granoff, Abe, what is on your mind today? Joining you today, that's all I get. Joining you from the beautiful, actually, matter of fact, it's really not that beautiful here. Los Angeles, California, just landed a few hours ago with Jack. We got a nice lunch. We had a German beer that I didn't know the name of. But hey, man, you're in La La Land. LeBron's somewhere around here, right? What could be bad? Yeah, he he's somewhere. The Lakers do have their ring ceremony. They're hanging the banner tonight. Abe and I will not be going because of some major miscommunication. I asked him, "Do you want to go?" He said, "No." That's not true. And That's then he texts, "That is true." Well, I also just found out that Anthony Davis will not be playing tonight. And LeBron's out now. After they, he's said not he was playing tonight play. either. Yeah, so both of them are sitting, and they'll still probably be ten point favorites against the Rockets, but. More importantly than the boys being in L.A. is the NFL schedule release. We're recording 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday, which means two hours until the official release. But what we do no, know. No, you, me- you just messed that up. No. You just correct. said we're recording at 3 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. No, Pacific. No, no, no. I said, I, said I said 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Thankfully, it's a podcast and everyone will have heard it. More importantly, though, two hours to... At least least someone listens to you. (laughs) To the full release, but we do have week one schedule. The big news... Well, the big news is that the Ravens face off in Las Vegas week one on Monday Night Football, but the first game of the season will indeed be the Dallas Cowboys at the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Let's start with that game. Any thoughts? Yeah, why do... I don't... I think because Dak got hurt last year and they're the Cowboys, like, I feel like the Cowboys are getting thrown into this fire of, like, being, like, one Good. of the top teams that are, like, yeah. considered at the top. It's it's just annoying because what the hell have they done? They're just the Cowboys. And, listen, I mean, hopefully the, the favorites Cowboys to win start the division, up. no? What does that mean? You know what I, I mean, mean? Yeah, but that's, I guess, why it's relevant. I, I just don't understand. Listen, the Cowboys are relevant because their name is the Dallas Cowboys, but from a football standpoint, does this really intrigue you that much? It doesn't oh, for, for sure. me at least. Oh, for sure. You get the defending champs back, and even if that defense stinks, the Cowboys' offense was about as fun as it got through the first five weeks. Dak was throwing for 500 yards a game, four tuds. CD, you know, second year for him. They got all three of those wides back. Zeke's still there, so yeah, really intriguing to see. What there, he there looks you like. go. There, you just you just nailed the, ha- the hammer on the head. Zeke is still there. Yeah, no, I, I get why they're not relevant. I'm just saying they are favorites to win the division. Next game on my graphic though is the Birds against the Birds. The Eagles are going to Hotlanta. What were your first thoughts on this, Abe? <sighs> nice. <laughs> cool. Um, the good like, thing is, the okay. good thing is, um, I I haven't seen any opening lines or spreads, but early on in the year, every year is when people buy into the Falcons early on before they kind of become the Falcons. So my initial thought is, all right, maybe the public will be all on Atlanta, and we can escape out of there with a win. That being said, I still need so much time to digest this Philadelphia Eagles roster. Like, the schedule is going to come out in a few hours from now, and there has not been a year that I was living on this planet Earth where I didn't see a schedule at first glance and say, yep, 10-6 and six at worst. Now, this year, will that, will that be 11-6? and six? Will that be 10-7? and seven? I don't know. 
And will it be a lot harder this year to say that, given um, the fact that our win total over under is six and a half? Yep. But, you know, it's it's. I think it's a fun game to start with. It's not a division game. It's someone you don't see often. It's the Falcons. You got to guard Kyle Pitts. I wish we had a linebacker. We don't. That should be fun. But <laughs> I, I don't look much into this. All I know is the, the Giants. Giants Twitter, for whatever reason, was begging, begging to play the Eagles week one because of this whole Devontae Smith, we took them from them. Like, I don't think Giants fans understand historically in the last, dating back to the Eli McNabb days, how much we own them. It's like, you know how, like, even though the Nets are a super team, but, like, you still view them as your little brother compared to the Knicks? Yeah. For me, it's like even though the Giants could be better than the Eagles this year, they're still the New York Giants to me. They're always just like there and just like baby bro. Really? Because they have two Super Bowls and like they do, they are a New York team. That's interesting that you say that. Yeah, but they're a New York. The Nets are a New York team to to the Knicks, but it's nah, like nah, nah, the nah. Eagles the Nets have are owned, New Jersey. The, Nets the Eagles have Joe owned. Well, if the Nets are New Jersey, then the Giants are New Jersey. Um, <laughs> That's fair. The Eagles have just owned the Giants over the years where, yeah, they have two Super Bowls and everything, but it's not like they beat us to get there. We beat them in the playoffs since then. It's just like I I couldn't give two shits about the Giants, about the Giants fans, this, that, and they are obsessed with making this rivalry into them and the Eagles, which there is a rivalry, but the the NFC East rivalry is Eagles-Cowboys. Yeah, I guess if Evan Ingram didn't have brick hands, maybe they would have beaten you recently, but he does. Uh, moving down the list, this is a fun one. The Jets at the Panthers, Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson one. revenge game. Week one, uh, rookie quarterback Zach Wilson on the road opening game. That's like if there weren't other good games at one o'clock, uh, I, I would tune into you're not, that. You're not going to watch. You're going to watch the red zone of that game. Well, well, I saw there was some fun stuff going on on Jets Twitter, which was like, the the league hates us. You're going to take a rookie quarterback who you want to be the future of the league and put him on, you know, not in primetime or not at home. You're putting him on the road. And other people were like, well, you're going to play the worst starting quarterback ever, according to your own fan base. So how much could they really hate you? So it is funny to see, like, it, what Darnold does in that game is going to be so good. I, either way, whether it's successful or not, it's just going to be funny. You know, what just, you know what I just thought of? You know what I just thought of? I think you've taken over. I didn't hear a announcement of the schedule announcement this year. I feel like it came out of nowhere like yesterday that they're announcing it today. No, no. It's been announced for a while. I mean, I guess I'm more just on that side of it, the media side, than you. Because whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. No, I'm whoa. saying I'm more, I'm not fully, but I'm more ingrained. But yes, I knew about the schedule release. Um, I think you're Bills, a, you might be a narc. I'm a narc. Bills, Steelers. I'm a media narc. I think these are probably two teams heading in different directions. I think the Bills have reasonable title aspirations, and I think the Steelers are more uh, a summary of what the second half of the season was for them versus that 11-0 start. I think the Steelers, and this is not easy to say given the Steelers are a respected organization in the NFL, have no idea what they're doing or where they are at right now in terms of like, are we starting over? Are we, are we ready to go now? 
And I think that has a lot to do with so much young talent on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they have TJ Watt, who could have been the defensive player of the year, but it's also like, yeah, you started 10 or whatever you did 11-0 and last year, and everything was great and riding high, but you weren't beating anyone, and then the schedule got a little tough, and your true color showed. And now it's like, like Big Ben was fine last year, but he wasn't anything to write home he about. Stinks. And he stinks. And now they're running it back, and it's like, I feel like they're holding on. The Steelers are holding on to the fact that their name is the Pittsburgh Steelers, if that makes any sense, right? Like yeah. they're they're respected around the league to some to some extent they're feared around the league. Tomlin's a good coach. Like they've been solid for years and years on end, whether that's talent related or not. It just feels like they're kind of squeezing out the last bits of where the Pittsburgh Steelers and it feels like sometime soon, maybe they go ten and seven this year, it's not that. Sometime soon I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to become like an abomination of an organization. So like they're the, they're re-signing Mason Rudolph and everything. They're not drafting a a, a backup for Ben or or a, a next in line for Ben. Like it, I just, and then you draft a running back. Don't mm-hmm. even get me started on that. Mm-hmm. It's just like I, I I I'm trying very hard to wrap my head around how the Steelers view themselves. Is what I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, so so my best comparison for the Steelers team would actually be like a worse version of New Orleans last year, which was like the year prior. Everyone was like, Breeze might not have it, you know, his arm and all that stuff. And then he comes out last season, he gets hurt a little, and like he's just old. And I don't know if Steeler fans remember like the state of Ben Roethlisberger towards the end of last season. Like he was a shell of a player and he was terrible and everyone was saying like bench him bench him and then he, you know a game against the bills he was miserable the playoff game you know he's throwing 62 times because they're getting killed so i'm with you i i think it's great for the ravens sake that the steelers just have no clue what direction they want to go because they think they're in win now you sign juju one more year you draft a running back thinking that's going to so i think they're going to have a disaster of a season in a what could potentially be a really tough division so yeah especially with a quarterback like ben who can't even move right. with an offensive line that's gotten worse it's just how much is this receiving core going to hold you up was it a flash in the pan last year with this rookie production maybe it's just like I don't want to, and I almost said it in my first um, ramble on the Steelers, but they're getting very fake franchisey to me. Mm, that's tough. It, it, uh, it's very hard to tag on them just because they're historically like respected in the league and like one of the best of all time. But when when you show me whether that's via the draft, via free agency, whatever, that you kind of don't know what you're doing, like. Take the Detroit Pistons. They signed every center on the market last year. It mm-hmm. was just like, what are, you, what are you really doing? And now it's you don't draft a backup for Ben or a next in line for Ben. You don't go offensive lineman. You draft a running back. You sign the receiver again. It's just like, and then you lose a guy like Terrell Edmonds on the defensive side of the ball. It's like, what direct? what's going on in Pittsburgh? And it doesn't, and I'm with you. If, if I can't come out right now, I'm sure the win totals are out. Right now, over-under, but the Steelers is an under that I'm heavily leaning towards. And correct me if that. I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they win in your division last year? They did win the division last season. First place schedule, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, which, Eagles. Yeah. Easiest schedule in the NFL. <laughs> Mazel. Uh, another fun one, and we were just kind of touching on this. I didn't even realize they are playing, but uh, the Vikings against the Bengals. Justin Jefferson goes on Colin said, Coward's show. You said fun? Uh, just like NBA-ish to have <laughs> them face off week one after okay. the comments yesterday. Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess that – could have been why he was asked that question. I don't think it is. But Vikings Bengals week one, Jefferson goes on Colin Coward's show, says that Joe Burrow has more swagger than Kirk and they're He called Kirk move. Cousins he called Kirk Cousins an Applebee's waiter. Yeah, what he did. yeah, which is I mean it's not he called cool. Him a we've been doing that for years, but uh that's a fun matchup. Jamar Chase and Burrow on the other side of the ball. That'll be real like great social media content. Uh jersey swaps should be back this season thanks to hopefully no COVID and stuff. Um but yeah, those are two teams that are really just I, I would say interesting to be nice about them. Like high upside teams. Could the Bengals or Vikings put it together? Yes. Will they? Probably not. When you say high upside how high? Like, okay, the the Vikings are probably a good. The Vikings I, I, are a, their highest upside would be probably the would wa- be the Niners Actually, if, from two years ago. Excuse Cousins me. Cousins at that Garoppolo level. I'm saying, like, if their defense pieced it all together, but I don't. If think they became they, the best defense in football. Yeah, yeah, high upside, and then the Bengals. That's um, really high, my man. The the Bengals' upside is that they could have the they could have the best offense in the league theoretically, if everything clicked in year one what? and and someone... you are just the most optimistic. Okay, all right, I'm having some fun with this high upside. So the the Vikings' upside is the Super Bowl. The Bengals' highest upside is the best offense in football. Yeah. While while we're on this drunken trail that you're on, let's rattle off a few more teams and let me ask you what they're quote-unquote highest upside is ready yeah Yeah. the new york giants new york giants high upside is daniel jones takes a step and then they become the division winners that's it because you can win the division at 10 7 probably yeah yeah i think that's their max upside high upside we can talk about a team like and i'll say the eagles soon so we don't have to do that right now But high upside, let's take the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers, I'm so low on Darnold that I can't even get, like, I think their high upside is he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. I'm not even asking him to be good. Like, just get the ball in the hands of your playmakers because they have a disgusting amount and they have really good offensive-minded coaches there. So high upside there, uh, they finish second in the division randomly. I don't know. All right, and this is my last one before we can move on. High upside, they have a new quarterback in town, the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> um, based Talk our, dirty to me. Yeah, based on our conversation with uh, with our draft scout, he doesn't think the team's as complete, so I got to look more into that. So I Remember say, we said, we talked about this last year. We talked about how the Colts were the weirdest team in the NFL, yeah. how they're so win now. But they're missing so many, like, a star receiver, a consistent quarterback. Like, when people say win now in the NFL, to me, all that means is they have an offensive and defensive line. (laughs) 
Like, like they have players on it. They know they have a good, good offensive and defensive line, and like yeah. that is solely enough to say we can win now. Is if you have that, you can block the quarterback and get to the quarterback. Like because last year, and Colts had Philip Rivers. Come on, the Colts didn't really have any good weapons. They were missing a dominant edge rusher. They had a good secondary, good linebackers, great offensive line. And everyone's like, the Colts are, are right there. Like, it's theirs to take. But it's just like, the only complete part of their teams are the offensive and defensive line. There's so many like, yeah, we can fill a guy in right here and he can do the job, but he's not taking us to the next level. That's what I feel like with the Colts. And now they have a new quarterback in town. They do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will, I'll be fair to the Colts and say that, People forget, like, they probably should have beaten the Bills in the wild card game. They blew a ton of red zone opportunities, ton of yep. uh, two-minute drill stuff. So I think they were a good team. I actually like Michael Pittman a lot. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is set for a massive year behind that O-line. So I think they do have a good squad. And what are we going to do, Abe? Houston's a mess. Jacksonville is literally Jacksonville. And there's no way we're riding the Titans. So... I, I, I mean, I, I mean, what are you, you're twisting my arm here, dude. You really, I mean, I'm not riding for Carson once. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. I'm curious if your if your outlook on him has changed now that he doesn't. No, he, no. Wear the jersey of a team that no. I support. No, he stinks at football. Atta boy, atta yeah. boy. It's the same, and I feel the same thing with Darnold. Um, am I willing to give Darnold more of a chance? Probably not. I said this before, like. If you're at 18 years old, your one red flag is you turn the ball over too much, and six years later, through all the college and through the pros, no matter who your coaches are, weapons, blocking, that's still your big thing. That's just, you just turn the ball over. It's the same with Jameis, right? Like, people, you know, you can't wish that Jameis, remember when Brady won the Super Bowl? Crazy. Um, How did that just come up? Just It just popped in my head because I remember saying like when Brady went to the Bucks, I was like, look, yes, Jameis could put up points, put up yards, but it really comes down to like Tom's not going to give the ball away and Jameis does and it costs his team two touchdowns a game and that's the difference and it turned out to be a difference. Niners, Lions, where did the Niners fall on your hate train this year? I'm kind of over that whole thing, okay. you know? Uh, I, hated, I hated so much last year within my own um team and organization that i kind of forgot about them like i can only jack i know i hate a lot on people in sports and everything i'm truly a lover i'm truly (laughs) a loving person it's just when you grind lance or garoppolo what are you asking me like who would you who do you think's better for that squad week one right now week one against jimmy garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo. People forget the only reason that the 49ers were in the position to pick Trey Lance that they were is because of how injured they were last year. Bosa, all their wideouts, Garoppolo, this, that. That's why they were such a bad team. I can't fact check this at all, but I'm confident enough to say it. I feel like they have a lot of the team that they went to the Super Bowl with still in terms of important players on that team. Now, Now, when you look at two years removed from a Super Bowl, like, you could still have the same players, but that doesn't mean jack shit. We saw that with the Eagles. Um, but if Trey, if everyone says that 
Trey Lance isn't ready. He's a work in progress. Like, the Niners truly have the definition of a win-now team. Can Jimmy be that game manager all the way and then step up a little bit in the big moments? That's what matters. But right away off the bat, like, Jimmy knows the system. He has chemistry with the weapons. I don't think there's any reason to throw Trey Lance into that fire when you have the roster that the Niners do. Now, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes out and throws and they start 2-2 two and two, and he has eight interceptions on the year or something, then the the, the Bay Area radio is going to start talking, and that's when For the sure. pressure comes in. Like we talked about how that pressure doesn't really work in New England because it's always Bill's call. I feel like Kyle Shanahan's a bit of a softy. He can get bullied into some things. <laughs> okay, all right. Jags, Houston, no clue what the deal is in Houston. We'll just assume for this that Tyrod's going to be the starter, which I, I was hope assuming get... Davis Mills. Yeah. David, whatever his nah, name is. I, I think Tyrod would end up starting. But more importantly, T-Law in action. Do you think the Jags can actually, no. like, you don't? You know what? That's not fair. Truthfully. I have no idea. Okay. That's new quarterback. <laughs> new coach. Yeah. The team was shit last year. New weapons. New literal everything. I have new no idea end. what. Who's their tight end? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so let's new talk about end. that. Tim Tebow signs as a tight end. Uh, just mass amount of people upset about it some people think it's great so what what was your take on Tebow to Jacksonville I'll tell you what my take was right away and it had nothing to do with Colin Kaepernick my take about this was strictly the fact I think I saw you tweet about it something actually people don't understand that no matter what the profession is football banking construction worker waitress anything the people you know matter more than anything if urban meyer wasn't the coach in jacksonville do you think tim tebow would have this shot in jacksonville right now i don't think so feel confident to say no (laughs) what i feel confident to say he would not have the chance right but what i'm saying is listen tim tebow is 30 something years old he clearly can't play quarterback anymore he clearly understands that why does he have a job? And I know the big talk around the internet right now is there are so many people that he's taking this opportunity away from, yada, yada, yada. That's not the point. This isn't a football decision, in my opinion. It's the fact that Urban Myers maybe saw a little something in him, but has that relationship dating back 15, 20 years where he knows the type of person that Tim Tebow is. He knows the type of energy, the competitor, this, that. And with a roster that's so new... And so young. And Urban's learning this whole NFL thing as it goes. I think it was simple as, listen, I need you here for energy to help me out. I don't think Tim Tebow is going to make the 53-man roster. But what type of impression can he make on the rest of the guys on that team during training camp? I think that was more of the angle that the Jaguars are going with. And that's giving a lot of benefit of the doubt. Because I truly don't believe that the Jaguars signed Tim Tebow for a football reason. I think it was Urban Meyer has a network that he trusts over the years. He won a national championship with this guy. I think he went undefeated or something. And he trusts him to, to have an influence on this team, whether that's past training camp or not. Like I, I don't think there's anything other than that to look into it about it. Yeah. Do you think he catches a touchdown this season? Fuck no. Do you think he makes the roster, weekend no. roster? No. 
Okay. Do you? What, what was your take on it? Uh, my take on it was there's going to be a lot of prayer in that locker room. I mean, <laughs> on Sunday, those two guys. I My first instinct was, yeah, it could be, like, just a marketing thing or to sell tickets. or, But I don't know. This guy surprises at every level. It wouldn't. It's not like the Jags have like some insane. Well, young... Let me stop you there. Let me yeah. stop you there. When you say surprises at every level, are you saying you were surprised that he batted one thirty in the minors and like yeah. not three hundred? Yeah. No, I I was pretty <laughs> shocked that a guy who didn't play baseball actually got a minor league. Like, I know it, there's theatrics to it all, but like even to go there and do it was impressive to me. And more importantly, the guy won like six football games and completed like eight passes in the six games. So uh, he, you know, he just figures it out and he is willing to do whatever. And I could totally see him being a beast blocking and, you know, rolling out and catching a pass or two. I don't know. Call me crazy, but you are just you're just on those L.A. optimist vibes right now. (laughs) Maybe I am, but not for this team. Seattle at the Colts. Seattle, listen, Seahawks fans, for like three years we've been bullying each other. It's going to be a fourth. Yeah, you're the same football team. Like, you guys don't do anything differently. It's the same shit year after year. So, no love. You know, right away, I want to give my respects to the Seattle Seahawks and their fan base on a great season for going 12 and 5, (laughs) either winning the division or getting the first playoff seed. They're in the playoffs. Congratulations on that amazing seed. That Russell Wilson carried you to. Um, maybe you'll win a playoff game, but I think that's where the road ends. Like we've yeah. seen this movie time and time again. Like, did they it's, do anything to their roster? Nope, not a thing. Resign Chris Carson. Uh, ah, running I, back. Cool. I, cool. I, I was needing a guy who looked like Jamal Adams in the back on the plane over. So shout out to Blitz Boy. Uh, the uh, another one o'clock game: Cardinals at Titans. These could be the most fraudulent teams in football if you're not the Seattle Seahawks. Cliff Kingsbury deserves to be fired. He is so attractive and so bad at coaching football. For now, six years now, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. I mean, he is—he can't win games. It's proven. He is the biggest fraud in the entire league, and I am so excited for everyone to see it. Now, the only downside is... Their weapons are so insane, and Kyler yep. is good that yep. Kyler's going to cover up a ton of his bad coaching. And what's going to happen is they're going to lose this division to the Rams. They'll fall behind the Seahawks. And honestly, who's the other team in their division? Some team out west. Rams, Seahawks, Niners. Niners. They could finish fourth in the, in the division this year because of how bad Cliff Kingsbury is. And now let's flip on the other side of the ball, the Titans – Losing Corey Davis doesn't really matter. A.J. Brown, potentially wide receiver one in terms of fantasy this year. Stay tuned for that. You still have Derrick Henry. I think this is the year we see Henry start to to head in the wrong direction. It just feels like too many carries, too many yards. I know he's a different animal. I think you mean I think you mean when you say it feels like it feels like the level of production that he he has had these last two years has been so stupidly out of this world 
eventually it has to happen, right? Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. Why not pick this year? Well, well, I think because we've seen with running backs, you know, it's not just me picking any year. It's this seems to be the turning point around the age he is, and like you said. Any drop-off of production is not only going to be big, like, for his fantasy owners, but for Ryan Tannehill's production, right? He is an absolute product of Henry and the play-action. That, to me, is more of a gimmicky offense than a lot of other teams run, and I just think you get enough film on it, and they're going to struggle this season. That's what I feel, and their defense is trash. Defense. Listen, this isn't, this isn't the NFL preview yet. So I'm not going to go too in-depth about it, but I'm getting dangerously close to being all-in on Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. You can't. I, I mean, you can't. I'm just telling you. What do you, you mean I can't? I'm, I'm just telling you, like, he's a terrible coach. So No, I, I get, get that. But if I you go all-in, it's just going to set you up for failure. So I'm just trying but to But you know that they signed J.J. Watt, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, last one o'clock game. Here's a team that I'm down to go all in on you with. The LA Chargers. They face off with the oh, Washington yeah, football Yeah, easy team. money. Easy money. Justin Herbert, our boy Eck. They're in the AFC, so it doesn't matter for you. I kind of mess with them because uh, the Chargers play against the Chiefs twice a year, and they can knock off the Chiefs a couple times, giving the Ravens back our one seed that we deserve. But these two teams could be sleepers this year. Fitzmagic, the game one starter in Washington, incredible defense. I think Terry McLaurin is in for a massive year. Uh, I'm all in on the Chargers, first off. I I said that last year. I said the Chargers were going to be that team that everyone's like, you're too Herbert, and they go all in on them. Uh, They finally got rid of, whatchamacallit, what's the coach? Anthony Lynn. God bless. Yep. Um. The football team, on the other hand, is so weird. Like, if they would have made a real move for a real quarterback, like, who's to say the football team couldn't have gone, like, have been a contending team? Like, say Aaron Rodgers. Desha- like, they get Aaron Rodgers. An Aaron Rodgers yeah. or a Deshaun Watson before, if, if all that stuff didn't happen or whatever. Like, they're one really real quarterback away. They have the defense. The offensive line is holding up. They drafted the weapons. Like one, and they have a coach now, and Ron Rivera. It just feels like, like the Redskins almost. Oh, sorry, the football team. I think it's going to take like three years almost. It's still going to take a while, but it's like, like is are they a fake franchise for the fact that like they actually got good and then are showing that they didn't really care by signing Fitzmagic? <sighs> no, I think that their owner's a he's a bum and. They're just trying to figure it out. Let's move to the afternoon slate. AFC Divisional divisional Round, and everyone, if you're hearing a lot of wind, uh, that's because I'm recording outside in L.A. right now. Uh, Browns against the Chiefs, Divisional Round matchup. Brown, this is the year that everyone's all in on the Browns. Like Super including, Bowl including, your, including your boy. You think? Do I think? No, but am I drinking the Kool-Aid? Yup. Yeah, I guess the question for me is, like, they didn't – they drafted one corner and, like, I guess Clowney plus Miles Garrett is a threat on the D-line. This is a team where people are just – at this point, I feel like it's it's a mix of promise and hope on Baker. Like, this is the year for Baker. If he can't put it all together this year, Odell back, Drew's still there. They have, you know, the, the dual running backs – it feels like 
they would would it be crazy to say it's like it's almost like deep playoff run or don't re-sign Baker. Is that crazy to say? Something like that. Yeah. It's like the Browns are like so good, right? Like look at the play, the Russell names on their Russell. roster. Look at the name. It, it looks like um, whatchamacallit. Is his name Stefanski? Yeah. It looks like he can coach. He had a hell of a year last year. Baker turned it around at the end of last year, won a playoff game against the, albeit against the shitty Pittsburgh Steelers, but that's a different story. Um, it's just like they're getting Odell back. Like they're loaded on all sides of the ball. The offensive line is coming. The defense, they signed Jadavion Clowney to go with Garrett to go with um, who they just signed from the Eagles. Malik Jackson. Like they, I think they drafted that, that linebacker out of Notre Dame. Denzel Ward, etc. Like the Browns are nasty, but can they finally get being the Browns off their back? And it's like they kind of did it last year because they won an actual playoff game. But it's like, do people still look at you maybe with like baby bro syndrome that you're the Cleveland Browns? It's like you need to assert dominance this year. I'm talking like 13 and three competing for the one seed type thing to maybe get your respect around this league because for now it feels like it's all hearsay on paper talk you know what i mean yeah i mean they're they're built very nicely that's why i really think if they underperform like if they miss the playoffs i think there's a serious conversation like right now the right now the browns are on the border of you can't use this team in madden right you can though, because Baker's the quarterback. That's speaking what I'm of saying. that. Like if Baker Chiefs, gets if Baker gets anything above like an eighty-seven, and the Browns are rolling, no, he's not an eighty. Overall, he's not an know. eighty-seven. That no, if, be... if at some point he gets. Oh, there. if he gets there, okay, that makes sense. Uh, what about your Chiefs? Still best team ever. Da da da. Do do do. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think you just said it. You nailed it on the head. La da da. Do do do. Best team ever. <laughs> Right, um, like, it's very yeah. hard to win back-to-back Super Bowls in this league, right? Like we rarely ever see it. The Chiefs didn't do it last year. The Patriots were more of an every other year in their dynasty. I don't. I'm going to keep everyone on their on their toes for my Super Bowl prediction when the NFL preview happens. But as a little sneak preview, I like the Chiefs. <laughs> You always do. You always do. You and Nick Wright. All right, Dolphins at Patriots, 425. I do not love either of these squads. Where's this game? This game is in Foxborough. I'm letting you know the Patriots are winning that game. We can can start the people's parlay now. (laughs) The Patriots are winning that game. With that being said, uh, we've kind of ran through all the teams who drafted the quarterback, so... Uh, Mac Jones lands there. T. Law and Wilson will start. The Bears we haven't touched on yet, but um, the ba- Fields is when, starting. When do you think Mac Jones enters the lineup? Is it strictly a Cam Newton is playing poorly? No, nah, I don't season? think it'll be. I don't. I don't think it'll be a poorly thing. I think it'll be inevitably when Cam has to miss two or three weeks. Mac comes in, shows some promise, and Cam doesn't get the job back. Okay, that's fair. Um, 
That's interesting. Yeah, I, I just think he threw like three touchdown passes last year, so it won't be that difficult. And they to still come... won seven games. Like that's my thing with the Patriots this year. They lost nine guys, including Hightower, who was most their important guy on the defensive side of the ball, to the people that opted out from the COVID list. They didn't have any type of weapons last year. They don't have many. They don't this have year. weapons they, this year. I mean, they 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 added more, right? They no. who's there? The one they no. drafted out of Arizona State, who sucks. Dude, they got John. They got Lillen Nelson Aguilar. Hunt. They got yeah, and they yeah Hunter they Henry. They, they got Gianu, who was debatably one of the best tight ends in football. Like they didn't, and with a rookie quarterback and a guy who was Cam, who can't really throw the ball. Those two tight ends, I think, are going to be a lot important, very important yeah, for a team that was as sets and do their Jack, thing. Jack, the Patriots were so bad last year, right? Terrible. How did they win seven games? Played a really bad schedule. Play the Jets. Did they? They played a first place schedule. They played the Jets multiple times. I don't know, man. It's like with Bill. Maybe I'm buying drinking a little bit more of the Cam Kool Aid again. It's running out of oh my god flavor. How? How? I mean, I already have a bet on them to win the division. Um. Well. That's yeah. See, like that just seems a bit ridiculous. Yeah, no, that was that was more of an angry bet towards one of our friends who's a Dolphins fan. So gotcha, gotcha. Um, what what odds did you get on that? By the way, plus five hundred, I think. Okay. Um, I'm try. I was trying to pull up their schedule from last year, but I don't have it. All right, to Green Bay we go. Green Bay at the Saints. I mean, like. Six months, what are we, in May? Six months ago, you say, wow, that's the game of the week. And now you're saying, are we about to watch Jordan Love versus Taysom Hill? (laughs) Um, That's just a mess for both those squads. Saints, finally, I think, even though they have still... No, I don't even think the roster's going to be that good. So I'm off the Saints and Green Bay. Unless Rodgers there, even if he's there, it's going to be a whole soap opera throughout the entire season. So I would not be excited to be a fan of either of those two teams. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't think it's ever fun being a Saints fan, really. It's fun watching from the outside as a non-Saints fan when you watch Saints football. But that I actually have a prediction. I don't even think Jordan Love's going to be on the Packers. Really? Where's that I come think from? My nuts. But um, <laughs> I truly think that Rodgers is going to win this standoff versus the front office because why they're would not he? trading them together. Stop it. No, they're not trading them together. What they're going to do is they're going to give Rodgers a long-term deal. He's going to win this battle. And then they're going to trade Jordan Love because it's like, well, we're back. We're backloading the his, the end of his contract when this guy's forty. We're gonna have to pay him. We're wasting your rookie deal. We might as well get something for you. It'll it'll truly be the Jerry Krause, whatever the name of the Packers GM is, forfeiting to Aaron Rodgers and saying, "I messed up. I made this mistake of drafting Jordan Love. You still got it. You win. This is your team." That's I just don't I think he. I think he out. hates it though. I think he genuinely hates it there. Like he just you think finds... it's more personal than it is business. Oh, yeah. He doesn't. Dude, that's the point. And that's what people on Twitter were saying that I agree with. 
like I don't think the Jordan Love thing bothers him in terms of like competition. He just won the MVP. Like he knows he's the guy for as long as he wants to be. And this is was just potentially a backup plan. I just think he hated, you know, that they they made a move not to help him out in the interim. Yeah, no, in the, I think so. You think the whole reason is because they're mad that he. He's mad they drafted a guy like Devontae Adams in the second round instead of the first. (laughs) Poor guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Broncos-Giants. So between Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, and Aaron Rodgers, who's who's wearing the the orange and blue for the Broncos in week one? Teddy Two Gloves. You think so? Teddy No Knees, yeah. Like I said, I think Rodgers gets another deal, and I think he stays – in Green Bay. I didn't think that last week, but these quotes coming out of random guys that he used to play with talking to, I don't know. I feel like Roger stays. Drew Locke sucks. Teddy covers spreads on the road as an underdog. <laughs> you know what he does. Yeah. And our and our eternal optimist says Giants could win the division if if Danny Dimes takes the step, but I don't think anyone knows who can I think anyone can win the NFC. Obviously the Eagles maybe not. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to bet on them, too. Okay. Uh, Sunday Night Football. Bears, Rams. You really think Justin Fields is a starter week one? Let me let me turn that back to you. You okay. really think Andy Dalton's the starter week one? I, I don't know. <laughs> you see when you starting. phrase it like that? No. I, well, I could easily see Dalton winning the starting job. Like, he is still, you know, Andy Dalton, which is like he can – Fill me in on what that means. This is how it works. This is how it works. When you're a veteran, you know how to game the system, right, in practice. And so I'm sure he'll look great in practice. He'll know the playbook. He knows how NFL defenses operate. You know, like he's going to know the shtick, and he's going to come in and be like, okay, maybe he's ahead of the kid Throw for 120 yards and three interceptions. exactly. Um but Fields did, like, test the highest that anyone's How ever tested you, on some mental aptitude Yeah, my thing test. is, look at this from the outside. You're, you're a team like the Chicago Bears, who have been in misery for quite some time from at a quarterback position. You just trade up to get a guy who all of your fans are finally supporting the GM and the owner for this. Like, people are saying that Ryan Pace on the Bears is going to get a contract extension because he drafted Justin Fields, which is a Bears fan's worst nightmare. But at least he made the move. So now you have a guy like Justin Fields who was presumably the number two guy all year until God knows what happens. The Bears were never expected to get him. They go out of their way. They trade next year's first. They go to get a guy like Justin Fields. Now that the city of Chicago is back on the Bears, the city of Chicago is excited. In the opening week, they set you up in a primetime game in Los Angeles with fans in a new stadium. You've got this new rookie quarterback, and you're telling me in the national spotlight in a game in L.A. with an L.A. market and a Chicago market playing that they're going to trot Andy Dalton on the field? Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I guess when you put it like that. What I was going to say is, I I would just say... It goes back to the idea of bullying organizations into doing things. I don't think Bears fans will stand to see Andy Dalton play one game. If it was a 1 p.m. game at home against the Vikings on Fox and nobody was watching it, sure, Andy Dalton maybe gets the start. But now that you're in the limelight with this rookie quarterback who's going to be on all the intro graphics for Sunday Night Football, yada, yada, yada... 
you're not starting Andy Dalton. What I was going to say is probably a red flag on fields if he's not the starter day one, meaning that he just isn't ready at this point in time and he just didn't pick up on the defenses or the playbook early enough. Uh, so, I think you're giving uh, a lot of – I think you're giving too much credit to the Bears as like an organization where they can identify those things. Like I think it's a bigger fault to the Bears if he doesn't start. Potentially. We'll see. Yeah. Sunday Night Football. Uh, that will be September 12th, I believe. September 13th, though, Ravens in Las Vegas. I'll be there. Like, already. Can I come? Looking. I'll be there. You can come. We'll be at the Wind Suite nightclub on the field. We're facing freaking Derek Carr, bro. I mean, but we do have some revenge narratives. The uh, Raiders have Darren Waller. Yannick, who played for us last season, and Willie Sneed all on the Raiders. So some former Ravens suiting up there. Lamar in prime time. Uh, I think he's like 18 touchdowns, two picks, and like a 6-1 and one record. So should be a fun show in the new stadium in Las Vegas. Hopefully the boys aren't partying too much. The boys, I was just gonna the boys say, in purple. Bro, can, we, can we pencil this in for a Ravens L and just enjoy the weekend? Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, look, if Lamar and Hollywood want to go out to the, to the beach club or the pool club or whatever they do out there, I'm down to do it. But, yeah, the Ravens I'm really optimistic about this season from a win standpoint. From <laughs> from a – they drafted Rashad Bateman, and people think we're going to be a passing offense, and he's a viable fantasy pickup. I just don't see it. More that should so, be your nightmare. No, more so because I just – You want to be a passing offense? No, you you want to have the hybrid. You want to be able to do both, obviously, at a high level. And we're going to be the best rush offense in the league. That you know, that's very obvious with the team. But you don't want to be the worst pass offense, right? You want to have a balance. If you could get up to the 16th pass offense in your middle of the road, that's a dangerous, dangerous uh, offense. And I do think Lamar is a capability. I now am very suspect based off of Colin Kaepernick's time with Greg Roman in San Francisco based off what we've seen over the last couple of years with Greg Roman in terms of the route trees and wide receivers not being able to get open and Kurt Warner's breaking it down and explaining that this offense, he can watch one clip and know everything that's going to happen. So you do have more talent at the wide receiver position from, I, I really do trust in Lamar to be able to throw. Is he, is he, you know, the best passer outside the numbers on out routes? No. But that doesn't mean that he can't throw the ball well. So um, uh, I think the Ravens will be will be just fine. Yeah. Do you? I'm glad. Yeah. You don't yeah. think so? Yeah. You know what? I'll just let the Ravens do what the Ravens do. And all I know is that a wise man once told me that once a quarterback gets paid, his Super Bowl window closes fully shut. And uh, I think in about a year from now, that will be Lamar Jackson. So while that window is still open, you would hope he can do something with it. Right, Jack? Yeah, I can't wait. And if not, who cares? You get to watch Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah, exactly. Even if you don't win Super Bowls. No one wins Super Bowls. Tom just wins them all. He's the only Eh, one who wins. Not all of them. Yeah, he he wins pretty much all of them. Uh, Pretty much. Any last thought on the Raiders? They play in Vegas. That's pretty cool. Okay. Right, they did. They do play. In they Vegas. did a. They did a top shot way to release their draft class. Like cool. Yeah, 
Um, uh, all right, what else fam. you got on the Raiders? Their coach. No, that, that's pretty much it. But TickPick, who's obviously a sponsor of the pod, use code Jack. Uh, they are doing a giveaway for, I think, two grand in ticket credit to a few people. So if you need that link, just DM us and you can get signed up for that. TickPick's also sending Abe and I to the Marlins Dodgers game on Friday. Abe says Kershaw's pitching. I don't know if hey, that's, that's that is the according to the, the app, he is the the probable starter right now. That could change. That like would I said, be, you yeah. go to a Dodgers game, you have Kershaw, Bueller, Bauer, and then Urias. You have a seventy five percent chance of seeing an absolute you, beast. And on you the keep mound. saying that, but aren't rotations five guys? I think the Dodgers run four. That's interesting. They might do a bull they might do a bullpen day one game. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Um so hopefully we get to see Kershaw against the Marlins. And if it is Kershaw, whether or not it is, we'll be taking some underdog plays. Any players specifically that you like on the Dodgers that you think will be uh, taking some props on? I don't know how you don't take a guy like Mookie Betts props. I f- yeah, guy, his guy does it all. The problem is, like, I think his stuff will be over two and a half bases. Like, two and a half is so many. Um, and not when you're the second best player in baseball. Yeah, yeah, he is a stud. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, catch you up for this final three games in the NBA season. We will rank some L.A. greats. We'll be right back.
Alright fam, we are back. Three three games to go in the NBA season. My manager just scared the absolute shit on me. Uh, I came and speak. Shit on he, you. Yeah, he just snuck up on me and just freaked me Breaking out. Breaking news, Jack's manager has actually <laughs> pooped on him. Yeah, he just shit on me. Um, but three games to go. Shout out to Russ Westbrook. 182 triple doubles. All-time record. And let me give you this, because when I mentioned we should bring up Russ, Abe said to me, uh, we already talked about Russ, not that whatever. Westbrook's teams are 136 and 46, a 75% win percentage in his 182 career triple-double. So all those nerds out there who act like these things are inefficient, it seems to be incorrect. I'm happy for Russell Westbrook. I am. Top five point guard ever? No. Really? No. No. Who do you and have that conversation has been thrown. Who do you have like, above him? Who do you have like, above him? Okay, but there's like, does LeBron get considered a point? No, does, no, no. Does LeBron James, James Harden get considered? A, does James Harden get considered a point guard? No. Like there's, but like why? He's been because running his not, offense for but years. He's, not a he's point been the primary he's ball handler. Because when you Google it, it doesn't say that. And no, like in because 2K, you know that he's the two guard. And like Kyrie's is Allen Iverson point a point guard? guard? Yeah, he was the point. But he was listed at shooting guard. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a... But, like, all right. So, Steph, Magic, Isaiah Thomas. And then I would do guys like Braun, Harden, Luka. Uh, it's just... Nah, not Luka. I don't know why I just said that. But <laughs> yeah, top, Chris Paul. Top five is hard for me. And I think, like, if you're saying Allen Iverson's a point guard, but he played shooting guard, but LeBron and James Harden are guys that LeBron James definitely... is, not the, is that you don't rank him in your top five point guards. He's not a point guard like that. But why not? He's not because he's not. I, I understand it's it's, I, it's more of like a is a is a is a hot dog a sandwich type thing. It's like, well, by technical definition, yeah. But like, let's be honest, he's not. I know that's the kind of angle you're going for, but like, what? Why isn't LeBron a point guard other than just? He's just not. You know what I mean? He's not the point guard of the team. He Why? plays point he, guard a lot, but he's oh, not the point so. guard. But he's so not the point with, guard. But you know he's not. All right, all right, hold on. Time. Do you think LeBron James is a point guard? Yeah. Okay. Do I think well, he's also a do I think he's also a small forward? Yeah. That you can't do like that's but not Jack, a thing. But Jack, so Julius you, Randall brings out the ball. He's not a point guard. This is just pointing to the whole. There's no such thing as positions in the NBA. And that's I understand why that, whole that conversation but, of top five point guards is bullshit. It's not like it's very clear who's labeled. But as why? Point why guard. isn't James Harden a point guard? He the second half of his career, he is more a point guard, but. Simon Houston, he was always playing with a point. Like, he's never the only point guard on the floor. Like, Chris Paul's teams, he's always the point guard. Russell Westbrook's teams, he's always the point guard, right? Like, even in Houston with Harden, Harden ran a lot of the offense, but Russell Westbrook was the point guard on the basketball team. Was he, though, when they were? Yes! Yes! Come on. I, I think. That. I think the, I mean... Obviously, in today's NBA, positions are obviously up for interpretation. And listen, I'm not going to fight you on the idea that LeBron's not a point guard, but I don't. It's also to say that he can't be considered one based off. Could he be considered a center? No. A shooting guard? 
No. He's legitimately a point forward. Is what right. he is. Exactly. So but he's like not that's a point not a guard. real position, you know what I mean? No, that is a that is a position in today's NBA. But when you're ranking all time point guards, it's not a point forward, it's a point guard. Okay, so if I was going to leave LeBron and Harden off, then it's in no particular order. Steph, Magic, CP, Isaiah Thomas, and then, I mean, Bob Cousy played when, so he doesn't count. <laughs> um, you get somewhere in the John Stockton, Russ Westbrook, uh, Allen Iverson. Okay, so he's in I, the I would probably take, I would take Iverson as five. Okay, he's in the running. Um, all right, three games to go in the NBA. Sixers have a chance to clinch the one seed. We're going to assume they have it for that sake. The Knicks drop to the six seed, tied throughout. Everyone is three to go. I believe the Sixers, yeah, the Sixers play the Heat, so that could help the Knicks potentially. Dude, I am, I am actually in love. Like, I got to L.A. about six hours ago or something, and I like I would remember the Sixers played, and I was like, "Holy shit!" The Sixers play at four thirty, and I don't even have to go to bed afterwards. Like sports on the West Coast, awesome, awesome. So it would be so much better for my sleep schedule. Speaking of the West Coast, the the We Believe uh, Warriors two point are coming alive. And then Draymond Green's like, "We're not the We Believe Warriors. We literally have Stephen Curry." But you have given the Warriors and Steph a lot of shit this season. They're not no, I good. They're yes, just you not have. Good. yes, you have. Yes, you have. Right. Are they exactly. Good? Exactly. But are and, they? And they're playing really good basketball right now. I mean, Steph is doing what Steph does, and Draymond is playing like Defensive Player of the Year status, and Wiggins shot 38, and Jordan Poole's coming out of nowhere, and the. the like they play, you know, people are hyping up Lakers Warriors potentially seven v eight. I think if Bron and AD are back, I really do think that the Lakers should be fine. But let's say that the Warriors drop that, then they go and play uh, either the Grizzlies or the Spurs, who they can beat. I think them being the eight spot is is ideal for them. They get to play the Jazz. Donovan's out for the regular season, three more games. It's unclear if he'll be back for the postseason. If Donovan Mitchell's out, do you put the Jazz on upset alert? If Donovan Mitchell is out, no, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, what wait, maybe they beat him last maybe. night or two nights ago. Maybe, maybe, I, but I, I, I think I think everyone wants to be on that that eight side of the bracket. If you're the Utah Jazz, you are salivating at the fact that the Lakers are going to be the seven on one side of the bracket. There's going to be the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Suns, and then it's just going to be Denver and Utah well, on the other side. Well, not if not if the Lakers lost that game, though. If the like Lakers, this is assuming the Lakers yeah. beat the Warriors in the seventeen. Gotcha. But everyone should be salivating to get to that eight to that other side of the bracket with Utah right now. Yes, that is correct. And what's really interesting to watch the Cl- and the Clippers. It would be Phoenix, the Clippers, right, and the Lakers. Phoenix, and yeah, the, yeah. The Jazz will not. The Jazz won't have to play any of those teams until the conference finals potentially. Yeah. Does it reseed in the NBA or no? No. It's straight up. Yep. Four five plays the winner of one eight. Two seven plays three six. Interesting. Okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, the Jazz literally avoid everyone because uh, the Clippers side of the like not only will they get the eight seed, but they'll get the Nuggets as well. 
<laughs> which mm-hmm. is which is pretty crazy. So yeah, that that's huge for them. Um, any teams in the play-in then to watch out for besides the Lakers? Do you think the Wizards could do anything scary? Do you think Lamelo or the Celtics? Anyone nope. that you think could make I something mean, interesting? You're talking about a team that's going to have to play my team. So you're probably asking the wrong person. No, because seven but, verse two, seven verse two. How about this? I'll do something else for you. If there was one team, listen, I'm not afraid of literally any team in the Eastern Conference. But when it comes to the play-in, if there was one team I wouldn't want to play as that eight seed between Boston, Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington, it's Washington. I'll play Boston mm-hmm. any day of the week. I'll play Charlotte any day of the week. I'll play Indiana, even though they beat us last night, any day of the week. Washington's playing the best basketball in the NBA right now. Washington has Russell Westbrook. Washington is a guy that at any given moment can go for 55 points, which we saw last year in the bubble between Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. That matters. When you're doing this pick and roll and it's just ISO at the end of the game, if you have a guy who can go out and get you 50 whenever he wants and he's hot that game, it's like playing Steph Curry in a, in a, in a one-game winner-takes-all. That's something you should fear no matter who's on the other side of the ball because if he gets crazy – there's nothing you can do about it. Right. So if there's one team that has the Sixers player I wouldn't want to play, it's the Wizards. But I think we'll be fine. Okay. Um, all right. Well, a few games I am praying, just for the sake of the content, that the Knicks do slot into the 4 or 5. They do win a series, and they do get a Sixers-Knicks. It's what we need after we a need long it. COVID year. You know, we just need it. The Knicks will get one in Philly Shit will be flying out of my mouth like we've never heard before. And everyone just wants that. And we'll get vlogs going. It just It's needed for the brand. So let's close this up. We're going to rank the top current athletes in Los Angeles in honor of us being here. I'll start number three. Clearly the only explanation for how an incredible basketball team would lose is by playing against one of the greats. So Taylor Horton Tucker. Oh, he was my number three. three. <laughs> <laughs> was he really? Yep, he was my number three, too. I mean, when the guy can get it done in the clutch time in a huge game when your team is coming out of the rut, I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker after last night against the Knicks, against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, top four, well, no, top yeah. six now. Yeah. Listen, he just put on Taylor Horton yeah. Tucker, yeah. number three. So we'll split that right down the middle. Okay. Uh, number two, I'm going Aaron Donald. Trains with we knives. have the same list so far. Number two, <laughs> Aaron Donald. <laughs> well, we might differ on number one. I promise you we'll differ on number we'll one. We'll say it on three. Three, two, one. Shohana Rich Tana. Paul. Ah, okay. All right. Who'd you tell? Who? What'd you say? Otani. Otani. I actually had ah, my okay. trout written down, but shout out to Otani. I mean, this guy—he's a Cy Young pitcher and he's an All-Star slugger. This guy is amazing. Imagine this: watch. you want to talk about fake franchises, Jack? Imagine having Babe Ruth and the best player of all time on your team and still being in last place in the AL West. Are they? Yeah. Oh my God! Come on, that's insane. And they won't even um, give Pujols a shot. And what's the word on Rich Paul? Uh, he can get anyone to L.A. whenever he wants, no matter what. And, and he just started a football brand. So as long as that guy is on the West Coast, L.A. is in good hands. Think about Fair since enough. L.A. has gotten LeBron James, the other stars that they've gotten. Anthony Davis, Jalen Ramsey, Mookie Betts, um, Taylor Horton Tucker. Who else am I missing? <laughs> just like it's the rich paul effect matt like, stafford yeah matt stafford like it's just the rich paul effect sorry 
It is. All right, well. Like, you want that guy on your side. We're going to go enjoy the final few days. Uh, I think, yeah, so all the games tip off at 3.30 on Sunday, 3.30 Eastern. Wow, 9.30 Pacific. Sunday's going to be a freaking day for us, Abe. Uh, oh, yeah. Not that you're really going to care because you're going to have the one seat. But uh, we'll record after. Dude, we'll, what? What's wrong? Embiid's out again? No, we played on Thursday. We Wait, don't even the... play today. No. <laughs> Are idiot. you serious? Yeah, I'm an idiot. Oh, my God. I forgot you're... we played last night. I was on a flight. Oh, my God. You're an idiot. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll go figure out something. Snapback fam. <laughs> Much love. Peace.